shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, hopped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Ones Who Woke Up podcast. This is Joshua as always. Jason. And so, what do you have going on these days? So like, just for everybody to have an idea of why Jason's on the podcast. I know you from way back. Yeah. You were my manager whenever I was at Pizza Hut back in the day. And I asked this man off camera how bad I was to manage, and he said he don't even remember having no trouble out of me. <laughs> and I think that I was just such a shithead that you had to block it out. I don't know. Maybe I think I, you just literally... Maybe. It's just like a big trauma block. Like, you probably don't remember shit from the period of time whenever I was working there. Uh, like I, So I was saying earlier uh, that my memories of the whole thing is just uh, uh, assholes and elbows working from open to close almost every day and trying to get, get shit done so I could get out of there and go home. Man, I, I know that whenever I was whenever I was working there, I was like, "Damn, they're working Jason like the fucking dog." Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the the Pizza Hut didn't have any, uh, hardly had any sales, so we had no. And and even if they did, I mean, it, it's the kind of business where they're gonna run, they're gonna run with as limited uh, labor costs as they possibly can. I mean, every business is gonna do that. But, but they're gonna they they've got the squeezing down to exactly, an art. and that's exactly why they that a, a business like a, a restaurant will hire. Uh, somebody to be a general manager um, and pay them, you know, $35,000 a year to work 90 hours a week. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so, uh, that's why, and that's why, that's why people go postal. Yeah. Like, that right there is why people go completely ape shit. I can't, I, I can't believe you held it together as long as you did. And I know that, uh, I know that after you left, bro, shit went like so rapidly downhill. Like, like, you said the sales weren't good, like when you were there. Right. As far as I know, the sales were never good. Bro, it, shit it, went into a Taylor. free fall after you left. It was insane. Like the, I was telling you earlier, there was one manager who was like openly talking about and discussing buying and doing cocaine. Uh, was talking about been riding the lightning all evening. Like, bro, you've been at work all evening. Like the fuck, like he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're high, yeah. As, we're high as fuck right now. Uh, and he, Why do you think I come here? <laughs> he brought in like a whole bunch of drug addicts, and uh, it was like insane. I remember, I remember trading weed for pizza. Those were good times. Those were real good times. Uh, I mean, that's a good system. You know, whatever. Well, so man, me and my brother had a house in Taylor to ourselves. I don't know if you like know I, anything I, about I our service. That. Yeah, and so, like, bro, paying rent and, like, the electricity was insane. So, like, we're so young. Uh, our RAC broke and we didn't know it. So we racked up, like, $1,800 in electricity over the course of four months. Yeah. Um, and got way behind on that. And uh, got roped into, like, payment plans. Just got put way, way behind. Bro. We were always playing from way behind. So, we, like, any time that we could, like, give someone a $5 gram of weed and, like, they think it's worth 20 and, like, we get fucking a pizza out of the deal. <laughs> Bro, we we lived off that shit. It got to the point where uh, the, 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 the drug-abusing manager was, like, leaving the, the shed out back unlocked for us so that we could go get, like, supplies. Like, we could have, like, our toilet paper and paper towels and shit were from the Pizza Hut. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, bro. We were grime-godding it yeah. up, man. It was out of this well, world. Well, you know, like I said. It was out of this world, man. They're paying these guys 
uh, people to come in there and manage these places, and they're paying them almost nothing. So um, it's not, you know, you're not going to get, like... The cream of the crop. cream of the crop, and the ones that are worth the crap are going to leave. And, and I was just a sucker and uh, stayed stayed around until um, I was telling you they... they. So I took... It's some shitty corporate shit, huh? Kind of. I took a, I took paternity leave. Uh, I was gone for two weeks and um, never had a performance conversation before this. Never had any kind of issue. Nobody ever come and said, you have to get this in order, this in order, this in order. Nothing like that. Showed up my first day back from my uh, paternity leave and my manager had like uh, three write-up slips for things that she had never talked to me about. Not once. What? Uh, and had them signed as though they had been given to me like from like, far before. Like they forged your signature on to it? Uh, no, I didn't have my signature on but she okay. had, had signed it. Okay. She had never delivered that shit to me. Wow. And, like she was, I don't, and I don't know if it was something that they had her do or whatever because that said, you got to do this or whatever, but, and they didn't, they weren't going to, uh, it wasn't like they were trying to can me. They, they just basically used it as an excuse to demote me and move me into a different store as an assistant manager. So I took that and it lasted like, Two more weeks. I kept. I stuck around for like two weeks while I had been on paternity leave. I had already applied for a job, a different job anyway, and I got that job. So, Fuck yeah. so I left. Trended, trended <laughs> yeah. up, bro. And now and it was a good job. Like I, that, I had that job for um, eight and a half years until pandemic hit, and uh, and there was huge layoffs and everything. So I've never held down a job that long. <laughs> well, the lo- that was the longest I ever had one. The longest so. I ever had a job was about two years at Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason why it worked is because uh, they actually like respected my boundaries. You know, like I was trying to go to college and stuff. Right. And like had like a bunch of my own shit going on. And I was like, you know, like I'm not trying to work more next hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to be a member of management. Like don't force management. You know. I excel at everything I do, bro. And so every time like, I get into like a job and like I start doing it and do it well, they're like, you need to be like a system manager, blah, blah, blah. And like, bro, like I'm... Just, it's because they're looking for another sucker. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, I'm a college kid. Like, I got like big goals and aspirations. I'm that's trying the to, only reason that happens. I'm trying like, to be like lazy. Yeah, In the, a place that doesn't have trouble getting managers, if somebody's like, I don't really want that, I just want to do this job, they would be happy to have you just come in and do the job. They, but, a, but a place where they struggle to get people to... to like they struggle to bring in the next sucker, like they're gonna try to. That's that's been exclusively my experiences <laughs> in in the workplace. It's like, oh, yeah. you're gonna be the next dipshit. Um, yeah. And I actually got roped into it once, where I was being like an assistant manager at a subway, and this is locally. Uh, yeah. This is this is facts, my dude. This is facts. Like, there's gonna be someone locally who hears this and it's gonna get like referred to the people. They're gonna be pissed. I told this. I'll go. Fuck. <laughs> give a fuck about them um they can send me a cease and desist and i can fucking teabag that goddamn document but uh i was working at the subway like got moved up to assistant manager like fucking 19 or some shit like i don't even want to be doing assistant manager work and they start talking like you know like in the range of like 30 35k for me to like go be a manager i'm like fuck man 35k i'm 19 i got nothing else going on like maybe i could like Put that I was a manager on a thing on my resume at some point in the future. You know what I'm saying? Like those type of thoughts starts happening. And so I I went and started talking with them more about it. And they had this like sleazy regional manager, bro. Like we're talking like weird like weird Middle Eastern ethnicity, like maybe Pakistani. Like you never know. You've no idea with this guy. 
but he's like definitely of Middle Eastern descent, slick back hair, smelling like curry and incense, bro. Like, you know the type, bro. Like, the type. Like, the guy you're thinking in your mind, he looked just like that. And uh, the point came down in the conversation where they were basically like, bro, this is, this is before they were like requiring people to provide insurance, mm-hmm. like day one. And they were basically saying that the, the thing they needed me to do was to fire people, find reasons to fire people before mm-hmm. they had to start paying them insurance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like we got a guy who washes, who like, who like works here, who's like coming up on that, who's like my buddy. Like, you expect me to do that to him? And they're like, yes. And I was like, fuck this. And that was that. That was the end of the conversation. And uh, I left and I quit. And I went to work at Whataburger. And, uh, yeah, working working overnight at Whataburger was fun. But I told my buddy they were gonna plan on they were planning on firing him. I don't, I don't even man, it's been so long. I don't even remember that guy's name. I don't remember this guy's name. But I know that like he was a little Mexican fellow, and uh, they were definitely gonna fucking can him over the cost of insurance. And like this, this guy's been working for like three years at the subway. Like he had to work for like three was years. His name Elias. <laughs> man, if they were trying to sucker my boy Elias, I'd been very very heated. But. Yeah, so, like, the bottom line is, like, I've experienced, like, firsthand, like, some of the, like, nasty shit that, like, some of the, like, big, the arrangements in capitalism get very strange, where, like, bro, it's, like, a franchise, and, like, it's some dudes who paid in some money, and so, like, no matter what they're, like, making, they're having to, like, pay percentages of that back to, like, the overlords. Right. And so, like, they just have it, like, timed, and they, like, the, like, the overlords who, like, are selling the franchises have it tuned to where, like, no matter how good that store's doing, bro, yeah. like, they're, they're fucked, they're getting fucked. Yeah, and uh, and like that creates these like weird circumstances where like bros like you and I have to start like making weird decisions for the sake of like those guys' profit with like you and I's paychecks and shit. Right. And like man, fuck that. That's why I'm glad that I'm out. I run my own businesses these days. Mm-hmm. I run a cannabis company. I run a drone company. And I run a podcast studio. I get ad money from the podcast studio. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, so like, we already have, like, an advertiser, and it's, like, trivial at this point, right? But, like, the fact is that the snowball is already rolling. And uh, then we got the, the cannabis company, mm-hmm. which, like, is just me and my brother and my best friend. We don't have any employees. And the drone company, we just contract out with guys across the nation for, like, what we come to, like, terms with on a per-episode per basis. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so, like, it's all square biz everywhere that I'm doing biz, and it's, like, insulating me to the point that I can, like, live this lifestyle, and, like, I don't have to worry about, like... Anybody being really like in the like as an employee uh, dependent on me, I don't mm-hmm. really have anybody who like as an overlord can punish me for acting the way I want. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I literally like have managed to like create a circumstance where Pun gets to do exactly what he wants when mm-hmm. he wants without uh, without the fear of like repercussions from uh, employees who I'd be negatively affecting or uh, you know uh, management above me. The only people I'm really uh, uh, like beholden to or like my, my brother and my business partner who right. like are, my brother's also my business partner right but like you know but he's also your brother so yeah but I mean like we all we all know who each other are you know what I'm saying like right. we're, we're all getting where we're going what's the what's the deal with the drone company like what are you are you building drones like, no so it's called it's called drone dispatch Okay. Uh, and we contract out commercial drone operations through a network of like 3,000 drone pilots oh yeah 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 well, we actually that was a funny story how that happened uh, my buddy Chris was running a, a was doing real estate and uh, 
picked up a drone to like market a piece of real estate, like a five acre, five acres. Wanted to show like off. for like for the he was like work, he was like, like working for J B Goodwin and was trying to get pictures that could show off the entire acre yeah, in yeah. one spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a big thing for a little while. Uh, I, my neighbor was doing that. He was yeah, doing but it's like, still it's still a big thing. It's just like the so the the thing that happened in that industry uh, is that some big guys got some big funding. Mm-hmm. And those guys started pushing driving prices down so that people who were operating good business that were having to run on profit instead of investor money mm-hmm. couldn't keep up with those prices um, so that they could extinguish the rest of the market and they could have the market share. Mm-hmm. And what they did in the process of, of acquiring that market share by getting in a race to the bottom, insulated by investment money, uh, they nerfed the entire like market of, of people who would do the drone work. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I like I was charging three fifty an hour. Well, I still do, but like it's usually like three fifty an hour, and it's mm-hmm. usually like pretty close to a fifty fifty split with the pilot. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like worth it for him to go out there and spend an hour, and it's worth right. it for me to like answer and respond to emails. And like it's copacetic for everybody, right? But like these guys, you know, like the the big dogs in the industry, like drone bases and whoever who got the like Harvard degrees and the and the big money on the back end. So it doesn't matter if they operate at a loss for a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll try and do the same job for. $125 to the customer mm-hmm. and then they got the, the drone pilot's got to go out there for 35 fucking dollars right and like put his $2,000 piece of equipment in the air that he has to pay $100 a month to insure mm-hmm. you know like he's going to pay more in insurance a month and he's going to like he's got to do six, seven, eight jobs just to even make it make sense for him and then like <laughs> you know for $35 you really want to fucking fly your drone between some trees to get a picture of a house for $35 like right just stops making sense and so uh that whole industry is like uh kind of in a in an ambiguous spot right now yeah you know what i'm saying like there's still some it sounds like the same thing that happens with pretty much every industry yeah exactly like like with a bunch of money and wipes out everybody yeah private equity gets involved and like it stops being a it it stops being like a regular for-profit business and and it toxifies the market and then like the cronies get involved and like yeah it's 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 a funky arrangement but uh, we got involved uh, because Chris was doing it, and we just started marketing it. You know, sending emails to other other uh, real estate agents, and then we came into this arrangement with a company called Real Massive. Mm-hmm. Real Massive was a uh, like think like Trulia or Zillow for commercial real estate. Okay, like if you just want like a search engine for commercial real estate, mm-hmm. like I want a I want a commercial spot in Austin, Texas, and it populates a bunch of shit. They were the guys doing that. And they were, and you have to pay them for your listing to be hosted on that site. Mm-hmm. And so they were trying to roll out like a premium package in like their biggest markets, where if you paid like four hundred dollars a month, part of that would be we would go out there and create video and like help market the product. And uh, they wanted us to be operating in like thirty-five markets across the United States. And uh, we were only operating in Austin. We were like, sure, we can do that. Give us six months. And over the course of six months, we built out this, you know, we started, like, marketing, like, doing, like, search engine optimization work. Like, uh, if someone searched for how to make money with my drone, right, mm-hmm. in a certain zip code, we would be the guys who popped up. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of triangulated on the zip codes surrounding the cities and marketed to where guys were looking how to make money with their drone. We were the is first that thing like, that was popping up. Is that like up. you buy ad space on Google or whatever? No, you just, like, get backlinks and stuff and uh, do, there's a bunch of, like, tricky stuff that you can do. Um, we paid a lot of Indians a lot of money to do a lot of dumbass shit. Um, really not a lot of money. It added up to a lot of money over time. Like we were always paying them nickels on the dollar. Um, but yeah, we were definitely able to like establish ourselves as like the first people who would pop up if you were trying to like search how to like make money with your drone locally. Mm-hmm. 
got like blogs and stuff like this is how you can make money you can go do jobs with drone dispatch fucking blah 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 you know like just doing the doing the business thing and uh and we did it uh we had guys effectively in all 35 markets and we went back to try and like be like hey you know like we're here like a few weeks early you know just trying to get like out in front of this like y'all said six months it's been five we've got it built out like let's get these conversations picked back up mm-hmm. they're like oh those guys who worked here they're all fired like like the fucking ceo that you were talking with the director of marketing you were talking with they all got canned for being fraudsters <laughs> like we don't, like, we don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like we literally, I swear to God, I literally got told I don't know what you're even talking about right now. And we'd done work for six months, invested a pretty fair amount of money in like developing this network. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, fuck it. We already got this network of people. We're just going to start marketing the services in the markets where we have these people, and then just kind of expand it from there, kind of organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we do there. That's that's, that's it. Cool. That's the story. It's a, it's, it's like, it's neat, but like, it's just emails and phone calls and like, there's zero gratitude. Like you're usually like helping some commercial real estate agent get his second sports car and like, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know? right. There were times we'd go out and do like really, really like heartfelt work, like try really hard and then like send off the finished product and like literally not even give a thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I like the cannabis stuff because like we out here changing lives, bro. Like literally, <laughs> right. like literally out here changing lives, bro. Like. People are like, oh my God, your products changed my life type shit. Yeah. Uh, we sell these fucking sleepy bears, bro. And they're CBD and melatonin. And they're like sugar-laden little gummy bears, bro. And they're <laughs> fucking delicious. And like, I think they work because they're so good that everybody eats a bunch of them. Like, they're like, oh, fuck, just, just eat five of just these. Just get fat and happy. Yeah, it looks like you have 15 milligrams of melatonin and right, fucking... Right, right some hellacious amount of CBD and like your dick's in the dirt you know you had a snack before bed and now your dick's in the dirt um we also do this right here I'm really really proud of this this is called NeuroRoot um and yeah this is a this is like a, a cannabis based nootropic um you familiar with nootropics? not really nootropics are like uh supplements you can take that like boost your brain right and so that has like lion's mane mushroom uh the most bioavailable form of vitamin B on the planet that you can get um, caffeine, um, lacuna periods. There's a few things in there that like really like give you a kick in the ass, um, right. and like would like get you sharp. Right. But uh, it's enough to give you the jitters, and so uh, <laughs> we, we we put a, a bunch of CBD in there to cut all to that calm out. Calm you down. Yeah. Well, and so like you and so like you get like all the benefits of all that caffeine and all that other shit, but uh, but you don't get the like negative side effects of it. Like the CBD right. was like enough to like keep your body calm. Like you all don't right. get like an elevated heart rate. You don't get any heart palpitations, anything like that. Um, but you do get the like Christmas, like we got some people who like swear by that shit. We can never keep it in stock. It's like a problem. Like we work with uh, a lab who's growing, like really, really growing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the guy who, uh, who made that is one of the guys who was like behind C4 pre-workouts that we see in Walmart all over the place now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the, the C4 energy drinks. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that used to be a C4, uh, pre-workout for a company called Cellucor. And, uh, they made it big because my buddy Joey, uh, was effectively like one of, if not the man behind the formulation of C4, which was just his take on Jack 3D at the time, which mm-hmm. was like a form of pre-workout. And okay. so they just had like these cool tins with like this dope-ass pre-workout, and Joey was the guy who made it. And uh, so, yeah, the bottom line is like he's he's made some like really, really dope products in the market that like have been like, that have, and like he's working with a company now who's like in, like he's one of the founders for it, I believe. And uh, he's definitely like the mad scientist behind the scenes, and like they're in, uh, they're in a, 
Glaxon, and they're in GNC and stuff and all kind of shit. Ah. And so, uh, like, it's really, really good, man. I'm like really, really proud of it. We lost a whole bunch of it during the tornado. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, the neuro. As if you lost like the the neuro. Everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like everything, bro. Like <laughs> it's like a wall caved in on everything, and then another wall caved in on top of everything. It when was, was this? This was like four months ago, maybe? Yeah. No. Elias, how long have we been here? Uh, it'll be a year coming up, right? Oh, shit. It'll be just about a year. Fuck, I don't know then. I have no idea. I'm such a space cadet. I do so many drugs. I don't, <laughs> like, my conception of time is like... Well, you know, we had So, like, that. it happened sometime between when it didn't happen and when it happened. Well, right, well when did right. that tornado happen? That's I, well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't remember. I'm, I'm remembering a tornadoes in Round Rock. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. So, like, they cut... the same time frame? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one that, like, crossed over 45? Yeah, that yeah. was that was not that long ago. It wasn't a year ago. That it wasn't was, a year? That was, like, I don't know, four... Like you said, like I don't know. Ago. Well, I know that, I know that uh, right whenever we were making the move, like, right whenever I was about to make the move... Like I'm we got, sorry, I, got, I, she got I, I travel in uh, what's it called in uh, in like in like working with people time. So now the year's already over for me. You know what I mean? Because Christmas, Thanksgiving, that stuff's coming up. Yeah. So these next three months are gonna be a blur. Okay. Uh, so. It's Sounds like, like your year's just starting, homie. No, I mean like it's done. Like after that, like it's just it. Like those things are gonna be a blur. It's gonna be over. Okay. Uh, Word. Well, uh. So, uh, what are you doing these days, man? <laughs> um, I, I I know you're doing a podcast. I know you're playing fiddle. I know you're being like a dad. Yeah. So, like, just look, just let's like elaborate on those things, man. Um, well, I work from home. Um, I work for a company from from New York, uh, and we do transportation, non-emergency medical transportation. So that's my day job. Cool. So I do that. Neat. You know, the Monday through Friday thing. Yeah. Um, I do the podcast on Tuesday nights. What's the name of the podcast? It's called Let's Freaking Do This. It's what's it's like social media tags. Like like how would like how would someone who's oh never God. seen it find it? It's uh <laughs> my my co-host always says this stuff. It's uh LFDD LFDT uh at what is it? At LFDT uh pod, I believe it is. Thank yep. you, Tom. At LFDT pod on Twitter. Me. That's mostly what we're active on. Uh, it's just, I think it's the same thing on Instagram. Super cool. Um, we and have a YouTube channel. What do y'all like talk about on there? We have musicians come on all the time. Okay. Super we, cool. We have random ass people that we har- have never, uh, for the most part, have never met in person. Uh, I have this big Twitter. There's this big Twitter uh, community of um, musicians that I am sort of hooked into. So we get people come on the pod, the podcast and talk about their their songwriting and their music, and they'll perform a couple of songs. And oh shit! They actually perform songs on there. Yeah. So I, I know I saw that on the one of them, but yeah, was, that's neat. That's a fucking few. Super. Yeah, they'll do they'll do a few. I mean, we didn't. I think the last last one we didn't get a chance to do it because there were technical issues with the the main singer. He couldn't. He had to get on his phone instead of his computer. But uh, yeah, that's what we do there. And then I play pickup gigs. Here and there, all over the state, pretty much. I know, uh, I know, it was really neat. Uh, we went to something. I think it was like a Halloween festival in Hoda, mm-hmm. and you were you were you were you were up there on stage doing the thing, and I was like, oh, holy shit, that's maybe, neat. yeah. 
Maybe oh. so. I don't remember. Oh, it definitely like it was it definitely like, happened. like me and my brother were there and we were like, Oh holy shit, that's Jason. Like, wow, holy shit. Like we like it was like a moment. I mean Kevin and I were both like, Wow, what the fuck just happened in our fucking life? Um so yeah, I think it was I think it was shit, I can't remember, dog. Like I said, I do I do so many drugs. I yeah. There's 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 no telling. Have you ever have you ever done any psychedelics? No. Never? No. You want to? No. I have some, nope. I have some DMT, bro. We can go talk to God right now. You've got <laughs> you've got fifteen minutes, bro. <laughs> fifteen minutes to talk to God. Yeah, it's like five no. minutes to get there, five minutes of discourse, and like five minutes of coming back. And like no. the five minutes that you're gonna spend there is gonna feel like five hundred lifetimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's neato, bro. Yeah. But so no even no even general interest in it, huh? No. No? You yeah. man. <laughs> Fuck dude. You need you need to you can put some LSD in your water, bro. <laughs> That's all I can really say. Maybe so. I don't know. But Maybe, not today. Yeah. So you even like you don't even smoke weed, do you? No. Damn. You're like yeah. the you're like the you're like the straightest razor cat I've had in here, man. <laughs> no, I know. I, I've you know I have as a kid. I did a lot, but uh, I can't really can't really do it anymore. I get the spins. Don't feel good. Don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I wish I could get that high. Do you, have any, do you have any idea what I do to get so high I got the spins? That'd be great. Spin? <laughs> like spin around in circles? I mean, that's that's probably a super effective way to get that right. done. But uh So you're playing a you're playing fiddle for a for a band right now too, right? Yeah, I I, I pick up gigs uh pretty much uh who whoever uh that is playing within driving distance that that I like and that want to have me come play, uh, I do that. I, I played with uh, this dude named uh, Zach Welch. I played with this guy named South Texas Tweak. Um, let's see, uh, Jacob Brian Marshall. Um, anyway, just uh, this year has been pretty busy for that kind of stuff. Just, yeah, uh, like going down to San Marcos and Houston and um, places like that. I got a. I'm playing. I'm playing some shows with with uh, this guy named Jarrett Reddick, who's the lead singer of Bowling Pursuit. But oh, uh, what? What the <laughs> fuck? That's so cool, bro. But, bro, how hard was it for you not to fangirl out? How did how did that? Oh, ha- I fangirl out. How did that yeah. happen? How did like? Cause, uh, it was just Instagram type of thing. He posted a thing where he was. Uh, or you slid into his DMs. <laughs> so what happened was I was drinking. And, uh, <laughs> Every great drinking, story starts with this, bro. And so it was, it was. I was like laying in the bed, scrolling through Insta- Instagram, and um, I saw a post where he had posted like a picture of one of the guitar picks that he got made, and he um, uh, he said something like it's getting real or whatever, and I just jumped in the in the comments and I said, "Hey, just let me know if you need a fiddle player because I'm I can promise you um, I'm the biggest bowling for soup fan who is also a fiddle player," and then I went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning, and he had responded and said, "Actually, I do." And he followed me and told me to DM him. So, sent him some messages, sent him some videos of me playing his songs, and and uh, we played a sold-out show at Green Hall a few weeks ago. Which that is so dope. Cool. Yeah. So I didn't realize is he from Texas. Yeah. That's so I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's neato. Like how how synergetic? How many outlying circumstances had to come together <laughs> was, for you to like? It's make been, that happen it's dude. been it's been a pretty surreal experience i mean so a lot I, of a lot of moments like 
waking up trying to realize is this was this really a thing that happened to me yeah yeah Yeah, that's so cool bro you just like shot your shot and made it happen and yeah uh i mean i i didn't realize i knew that you had i knew that you had started playing with like uh someone who like effectively had some clout you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like i kind of picked up on that through the social media but i didn't realize uh how like uh like in the feels of a thing it would right. be for close, you because close to home yeah because right. I, I mean like literally the moment you got out of your car like one of the first things i i remarked on was your bowling for soup shirt. <laughs> i mean i've known you were a bowling for soup fan since since 2009 yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's and, and you were like a big fan back then so like it's yeah. like what a what a like neato cosmic alignment <laughs> to happen like like what what well it's been great so far <laughs> i mean they they're uh they're just dudes, you know. They're, of course, they yeah. Text each other about what are we gonna do with this song, and what are we gonna do with this gig, and what are we gonna do with the video or whatever, and uh, it's just a bunch of silly guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. Every, I mean, that's that's what everybody is. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, the thousand guys on the on the island who run the planet are just like that too. Like, right. You know, they were all just bros. You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> you, you you create bigger ideas of people in your head whenever you whenever you're a fan. The, the the concept of fandom and the way that like people will like uh, violently defend the people they've never met like they're like right. like like they're their savior you know what I'm saying like it's a yeah. it's a weird mechanism where uh, where uh, fanship develops and I wish I knew how to I wish I knew how to wrangle it so I could get some fucking fans of the podcast right. but uh, it's I mean a, everybody's just people I mean you just yeah. gotta interact I'm gonna you got fans bro you got you got your what's it called uh, you just gotta interaction on UFC so I'm proud of you oh my MMA stuff definitely does well but God's always watching like God's always like right behind the curtain being like I like to fourth wall break to God all the time I just like turn and like wink at him (laughs) it's great I treat life like a fucking sitcom bro like literally like I'm the center of the fucking I'm the center of the sitcom I literally do believe that this is all a big fucking joke like it's all a big act of it's all it's all a big act of enjoyment right like this is meant to be an ecstatic thing that we're going through right now yeah uh, and i really do believe that like this whole thing is held together with like the divine love of the galactic consciousness like mm-hmm. like at the root of it all dude love is the answer to everything and it's like you know how like they say we're like 99 percent open space like bro the thing that's like in there puffed up holding it all together is that fucking god love bro it's that it's that it's that holy ghost in there bro holding the holding all that empty space uh, together bro do you uh do you remember the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats? I never got to see it. Do you know what, what is this another reference that you don't get? Because <laughs> you said the thing about empty space, and that's the whole, like the the, the funniest scene in that movie is the guys like talking about uh, he he you know he's heard all of that about physics that everything there's mo- it's mostly empty space and so he's staring at this wall. It's like basically I can just go through this wall and he tries to run through the wall and of course he lands flat on his ass of course <laughs> but it's like if I if it's mostly open space and I'm mostly open space then I should can just go right through it yeah see there's an electrostatic there's an electrostatic relationship there where like the way that our molecules are arranged right like it's it's a neato I'm sure there's something like it's that. A, it's a neato thing well so I was a double major in physics and philosophy Oh yeah. Yeah, I never got to graduate because my businesses wound up pulling me away. But I had like a three point seven GPA. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was doing real good with it, and uh, I was actually a I was actually a physics major, uh, which I mean obviously is just like applied sciences at the at the associate level. But I was doing physics, and uh, 
But I was running my businesses and shit, and you know, there's no, you can't take like chemistry two at night. Like there's no mm-hmm. chem, there's no yeah. at the at the community college, there's no chem two lab at night. Yeah. You got to get up there during the day, and so like there were just like times where like my schedule as a business owner and like my schedule as a, as a student like yeah. couldn't coincide. And uh, so like the night chemistry classes only come around once a year. And so if I missed it, I had to wait a whole year to get back. And yeah. so, like, between here and there, I started, like, running out of, like, science classes that I could take. And I was poor, and I, like, needed the financial aid money to keep pouring through so that I could, mm-hmm. like, keep my rent up. And, like, I'm a student. Like, and just because I'm taking one less class doesn't mean I can't not get my financial aid. Like, I got to fucking figure this out. And so um, I started subbing in philosophy classes. And mm-hmm. I'm actually closer to having a philosophy degree than I am having a yeah. physics degree. Yeah. Just because it was impossible. That, How many that, credits are you away from it? Oh, I'm not, I'm not probably seven total classes away from having two degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm not really not right. worried about that college degree. I like, mean, you know, the college degree isn't probably going to be enough to take you away from your businesses anyway. <laughs> well, the, well, the, well, so in my world, the point of a college degree is to, like, certify that, like, you can be consistent over time within an institution. Mm. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah, like I I That's showed up every day. Probably I did, the extent of what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. and it's <laughs> like so I went to school every day. I did my homework every day. I showed up on time. Right. And like I'm gonna show up to your factory on time. I'm gonna do the work in the See, afternoon. That's where you ask apart, me because you owe so much money. By the time you get done with it, that the showing up the factory doesn't make any sense. You you need something. You know, at that point, you take the knowledge that you've acquired and you go live under a rock and just enjoy yourself. That's Maybe what, so. That's what I did. Maybe so. That's what I did. Fuck them. Like I graduated with with a philosophy degree, um, and not once in my life have I had a job that required a philosophy degree. <laughs> no, I don't think that there's ever. Uh, like, there's one job that requires a philosophy degree, and it's a philosophy instructor. It's, right. a, it's a literal. Peri- was, it's a literal. That pyramid. was exactly what I thought that I was going to do at, for a time with my degree, and um, and then and then like at a certain point into my education, I was like, I'm just doing this to finish and say that I finished, uh, and then get the fuck out of here. That was my whole. That was my whole motivation. Like say, and uh, through my sen- in my senior year, it was like I'm not going to stop. I've got. I'm already this time. balls deep. Right. I'm already stroking. Well, I, I might as well come. Time. I've been fucking this long. I might as well finish, dog. Oh I'm getting yeah. it in. But yeah, that's it. That's it. Like I was just gonna finish, so I finished. And luckily, I had um, a fair amount of financial uh, stability. Like I'd gotten scholarships and stuff uh, to pay for a lot of my a lot of my education. So I didn't have too much debt. So I finished paying off my debt like five years after after school. There are a lot of people who, actually, it's probably less than that, like four years after school. And there's a lot of people who go thirty years, not you know, not. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm on, I'm in default right now. Yeah, like right. they can suck it. They ain't getting that. Right. <laughs> they ain't getting that. I'm gonna go start a new ID. I'm Boshua Jarnett. <laughs> well, that's real clever. Yeah. <laughs> They're never gonna find you. Oh uh, no, I'm Josh Barnett with an E at the end. B A R N E T T E, motherfucker. Slightly that's different, funny. slightly different that's face, funny. bro. Where do you go? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just Boshua over here. <laughs> Brian Shrimp Brian. From Brian. From Brian. From Brian. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what were we just talking about, man? There was education. Some, there was something I was going to talk about. Oh, so running through walls. So the way that the way so like the way that your uh, education took a downturn. <laughs> so before I uh, shut the fuck up, I'm trying to speak, <laughs> motherfucker. You know, I don't want any drugs. You got any, anything to drink? <laughs> Bro, we absolutely have whiskey and like we have Tom, beer. Do you like that scotch? I would love some. Yes. It's behind you right there. It's Tomlinson 12 year. Pour as much as you want. This one right here? Yeah. If you don't, if you want something else, we got no, some. No, this stuff. works just fine. Tomlinson, open? Tomlinson, give us some money. Yeah, I believe that one's the open bottle. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Shit. I can't believe I didn't offer you one before. You want you want the your stuff? No, this is I'm having stuff from Thompson shit. I you know I ain't a big drinker, so I'll tell you when to stop. Okay. That's funny. Alright. Just get a splash here. There we go. Alright. Leave that out. They can get a plug the whole rest yeah, they can get a plug the whole rest of the episode. (laughs) Shit. Thompson. Single malt scotch whiskey. Give me money. Hmm. Know what I'm saying? Dude, good cheers. Stuff. It's good to have you on, man. It really is. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta pass on the drugs, but... Motherfucker, <laughs> this is a drug. And it's it poison. is. It is. And it right. is literal poison. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, like I said, I can't do... I can't even do pot, because uh, last time I attempted it, I ended up barfing my guts, guts up for several hours. So. Oh, my God. That is not the intended result. Nope. So, I just let it slide. So, on the subject of the uh, the education and how things kind of took a downturn. Right. Uh, before I was a double major at Austin Community College, mm-hmm. I was uh, studying laser, electro-optics, and nanotechnology at Texas State Technical College. That sounds sci-fi. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> that right doesn't sound neat. And right. like and like when I went there on the like colleges that they were like, bro, you could go like work at Raytheon or like right. Boeing or Lockheed Martin or like Or you could try to kill James Bond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or but you could or you could be like at NASA. Like, they were like you could literally be like at NASA or like any of these like big institutions that are like doing this like defense industry you shit over the like, world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, So cool, this is like up my alley. Like it's like physics. But it's, like, right. a particular lane of physics where, like, it's going to, like, for sure get me a good job. It's, like, the way they pitch it to me. Right. Bro. I got, like, halfway through this fucking program, and, like, the guys who were, like, at the cusp of graduating mm-hmm. knew guys who had graduated. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with them about, you know, like, yeah, man, like, they told me about working at Raytheon and shit. Like, I can't wait. Can't wait to go command six figures and work at, like, some place as, like, a physics store. And they all literally, like, laughed at me. They're like, bro, that is not what you're going to fucking be doing with this degree. You're going to be soldering PlayStations together in the back of a Best Buy for $30,000 a year. That's the jobs you get when you get out of here. They're like, we literally don't know a single person who's gotten a job over 60K. Like, literally don't know a single person. We've seen, like, we don't graduate but 15 people a year. We know every single person who's graduated in the last three years. Like, none of them are doing great. Where was this? At the... Texas State Technical College in uh, uh, Lacey Lakeview, just Texas outside State. of just outside of Bellmead, which is just outside of Waco. Mm. And, uh... Is that, call, is that school still around? 
Yeah, they're doing great. They have a, they, yeah. They, I, mean, they, they, I bet they are. Yeah, well, so they, they sell. A, they have a really good like uh, diesel program, a really good mechanic program, and, uh, and a really good welding program. So like they, they make money hand over fist. But like that program is probably dead. I yeah. hope to God the Texas State Technical College laser electro optics program is fucking dead. Like they deserve it for like the for like the for like the false bill of goods they sold us on the way in. Never forget. Like I'm seriously because this day still better. Uh, but I got kicked they out. They call there. it TSTC, right? Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about yeah, it, there's one here. There's one here in Taylor. Okay. They opened up a branch. Um, it's yeah. a, it's a for-profit college, right? Every college is for profit. What the fuck well, are you talking about? I mean, some of them they're not uh, on on paper for for-profit. Like Which the University one? of Texas is supposed to be a state school. It's not supposed to be a, a, an institution to to. So bank, so you know. so you need to understand that all those institutions that aren't for-profit. All the money that would be profit just turns into executive salaries. Right. That's all. No, that I, is, I'm aware. Like, I'm aware. But yeah. well, so but for the for the dorks who aren't, like yeah. every nonprofit ever is taking the money that would be profit at the end of the year and just turning that into executive salaries, and that's just part of the operating expense now. Right. That's all it well, is. I mean, uh, but there, you know, there's like a whole industry of for-profit colleges that that's their sole like. They print a piece of paper for your for your degree and take your money and yeah. and then they send you to Best Buy and work for thirty thousand dollars a year while they rake in your sixty whatever thousand dollars a year you were paying to go to school there. I'm not saying that's what TSEC is. I just like I know. I'm saying that I'm saying you're that's saying what that's TSEC what they are. Okay. Those guys can suck a dick. <laughs> they can take me to court. They can go. We don't like <laughs> you defaming our character. We making us look bad. That's because you fucking suck. You reap what you sow. Don't sell people a false bill of goods and you don't build lifetimes of hate. Like, I fucking literally am, like, I'm, man, I'll speak heresy against that institution for the rest of my days. Like, they, they really did me dirty. I started selling drugs after that. Like, so my, whenever I got there, my... You that TSTC? Bro, whenever I got there, my roommate was selling cocaine. This man had to turn to crime. Well, so I was already doing crime. I just, <laughs> I just... I, Come on, we're trying, to, we're trying to shit on TSTC. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going to maintain objectivity, right? That way people can take it serious. Well, they can take it serious, motherfucker. Um, whenever I got to college, you know, like, I guess it's like a normal thing where, like, they make you talk. Like, they make you have a roommate. And, uh, yeah, like, they make you live on campus and you have a roommate. My, room, oh, my roommate okay. was selling cocaine. Mm. And, like, the first friend that we made was, like, a dude named Isaac who was, like, one of the... The owner of Sunny BYOB's uh, son which is the largest fully nude strip joint in Waco. And so we're like dealing cocaine at the fully nude strip joint at 17 years old. You know, it's a, it was a wild time. Yeah. College was a college, college. I was holding it together. Like I, I had a pretty good GPA. I never failed a class because of my, because of my grades. It was only attendance shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, once, once I found out that like I'd been sold a false bill of goods, I like, just completely let go of that weight. I was yeah. like, oh, cool, like, whatever. We're just going to do whatever, you know? Like, didn't have any real direction and, like, already had mm-hmm. some stuff going on, so just, like, put more energy into that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I got I got the SWAT team. You... The, the SWAT team came in my house. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was neat. It was a neat ordeal. Yeah. Like, did, did they, did they, did they bust you for it or are they just... Oh, yeah, they arrested me on, like, four felonies. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a... Possession, felony possession, felony possession in a school zone, uh, felony possession of a controlled substance, and felony possession with intent to deliver. And uh, 
they planted the Vicodin. Like, the, there was a Vicodin <laughs> in my room. They said they found it in a sock. And I was like, I don't even like Vicodin. Like, I've never had a Vicodin. Like, <laughs> and found it in a sock. Like, what the fuck are y'all talking about, dude? And uh, I remember, like, the they had a big, fat, old fucking chief in a cowboy hat walked in. We got the kingpin. We got the kingpin. They arrested me with $100 worth of weed. They were calling me a kingpin. Like, what type of delusional ass dumbassery is that? <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's it's kind of funny because you uh, were you born and raised here? Yeah, I was born in Brackenridge Hospital in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you? But you grew up here. I right? grew up in. I so I grew up in Circleville. Okay. Yeah, I went to school in Granger. Okay. Okay. Well, so but before that, I I spent my elementary school years in Temple. Uh, going to school in Jefferson Elementary. I was one of the only white kids. It was a it was a hard time. I got picked on a lot. I actually got kicked out for fighting back. Like fifth grade year, I was like, "Fuck mm-hmm. this! I'm whooping the ass this year." And like did. And they were like, "Bro, you're too much. Get out of here." It was great. I fucking socked the first. Like I went to Granger and socked the first bully who tried to bully me in the face and never got fucked with again. Yeah, it was fucking wonderful. That's what they say you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. Well, like I just I just started doing it after three years of it building up. You know what I'm saying? Like first grade to fifth grade like it just got worse and worse and worse and like once you start whooping us at that point like there's a habit already built like they weren't right. ready they weren't ready to let that go yeah yeah then they all got their ass whipped for it yeah i did some mean shit i remember ambushing a kid in the restroom like while he was pissing oh no he'd been bullying me yeah i had a system bro i would tell the teacher if that didn't work i'd tell the principal if that didn't work i'd tell the superintendent if that didn't work i'd whoop their fucking ass you know and like it happened a bunch it was yeah. like it was like Mortal Kombat like it felt like I was having to work up the rankings <laughs> like it really it really did and like by the end it was this big kid named Joe by the end you were fighting Shang Tsung yeah <laughs> and uh, I, I still remember to this day I fought this big this big old black kid and he named, had like eight arms right he might as well Goro, Goro. He, was, he was bigger than me and you know I've always been a big kid he was bigger than me I was sincerely like intimidated of him and uh we were in this classroom and uh, he started picking on me and I was sitting there like in my fucking like we had lockers and I just hit him and shoved his head in the locker and started slamming my locker door on his head and that was like the last fight they were like yeah no get the fuck out of here I had to spend the last six weeks in Granger yeah it was man such a relief they were telling me I had to leave and I was so happy <laughs> like I was so happy I was like got anywhere but here perfect yeah yeah shit was rough so so how 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 old were you whenever you worked at Pizza Hut when I worked with you? Uh, I was nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, okay. I was. Uh, so a couple like a, like a year or two out of slamming somebody's head into the locker. Oh no, this was elementary school. <laughs> oh, elementary. That, school. I got kicked out of elementary school for that. Um, that Pizza Hut was the first job I had after selling drugs. Uh, after I got kicked door and I moved back to town, I was like, fuck it, what can I do? And, like, Pizza Hut was, like, literally, like, the first job I applied to. Yeah. And they called me back. And, like, they hired me, like, on spot. Were you working there when I got there? Did I hire you? I can't remember. Uh, I think that you were coming on right around whenever I got there. Uh, I think we were, you were coming on right at the same time because um, I got interviewed by a lady. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I got interviewed by a lady. Yeah, that, that's what happened for yeah. sure. But she, but I feel like she was the regional manager. I feel like she's the feel like she's the bitch who handed you that. that <laughs> Probably. Yeah, the fucking yeah, three write ups that she never, never brought to your attention. Yeah. 
How do you do? How oh, do you write no, something? Actually, up? that would that was probably a different one. They changed. Uh, they changed the area managers at a certain point after. I think after I was maybe after I was hired there or not hired, but transferred over there. But. So, dude, what was the? What do you think the coolest thing you learned in college was? Like, like you know, you were a philosophy major. Like, what was like? Like, did learning logic do it for you? Did like the did any of the morals or ethics classes do it for you? Like, did any of you know, them? Did any I of think, them actually uh, kind of tickle your pussy? <laughs> I think. Uh, I think that. Um, I think. I think reading and studying philosophy helped, uh, just in terms of my own thinking. Um, uh, symbolic logic, I think, probably helped. Although I had a lot of trouble with that. Really. At first, yeah. Um, like the like the early classes or the or the later level classes like yeah. were right off the bat it gave you trouble or like once they started making you do like big yeah, ridiculous was, truth tables and shit. It was probably um, I don't know, soft like a like a third year type type classes. It was probably like like, was, like, yeah. like logic two whenever it starts to get redundant. Yeah, um, I mean I don't remember shit anymore. Like I I actually made an effort to try to continue reading philosophy and like I was very interested in philosophy of religion. Um, mm-hmm. In when I was in college, like that was actually the reason that I wanted to study philosophy, because um, it was philosophy of religion that was really driving my brain. Like, I, if I hadn't even been in college, I would have still been like reading that stuff and trying to understand it. And um, it's funny now, because now I kind of look back on it, and it's just like that stuff never crosses my mind anymore. I've settled those questions in my mind for so long that I just don't. Um, so I don't know, but I think the I think the actual study of philosophy and how how arguments are structured and how um, fallacies of logic, just learning how all that works, and I mean you know you kind of intuitively understand it. It's just well, it's, it's just like the elaborated upon version of common sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you intuitively understand it, but there's a lot of. Uh, it almost turns into math. Like it literally turns into like can. crunching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it can. But I think there is a certain level of skepticism that um, is really probably the what I think is probably the critical part of thinking like that that is missing from you know your everyday. Uh, person that you conversate with uh, in the well, it's like, store well it's whatever. like at the end of the day like we can communicate this way there's there's a spectrum of intelligence there's a middle yeah. right everybody on the bottom half of that bar those right. people th- those guys can be difficult it can be it can be hard whenever I mean you, you can have a lot of people who are very very smart too who just they don't recognize that they're not taking certain views from a, like as ob- objective of a standpoint as they can recognizing there are certain ways that the, the things that they believe could be wrong. Yeah. And like they haven't taken an objective like, look at themselves. Right, right. Self-evaluation, like evaluating your own beliefs is like, uh, I think one of the critical things that I took away from all of those years of study. Yeah, it actually taught you like some actual tools to be introspective. I think so. I mean, when I, and when I say that I've settled those questions, a lot of those questions I've decided I, I don't really care about anymore because the dogma that I think I was concerned about at the time I've I've been able to do away with and I don't 
even. For me, the thing is that, like, there's no real knowing. Like, bro, if there's any right. truth that I know, it's that the real truth is going to be weirder than anything any of us can come up with. Absolutely. Okay. Like, think about, Well, like, then, then, well, you go, you can kind of, you can kind of throw your hands in the air and just, like, enjoy the roller coaster ride at that point, you know? I was thinking about, um, God, what was it? Something was brought up about vision, uh, just what we see. Mikey, this Thomason is fantastic. It is really good. I feel like it must be expensive too. <laughs> I got another bottle. I, th- I think it's like a, I think it's like a fifty sixty dollar bottle. Yeah, it's good. So it's like it's like mid mid top mid yeah. top shelf. It's good. Not like the five hundred dollar bottle, but like man, good for good for us right? little boys sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, man, took, Mikey took care of us, bro. My uh, my friend Russell and I we got we got a gig coming up in in Round Rock. Like it's like for the city of Round Rock where they do like for some reason they put on music like during. Uh, during the fall where they just have they pay musicians to stand out there on the street and play like we literally pay them to do it so wow fuck yeah cool we did that last year and we were they they put us in front of this bar right there on uh on like the what's that street not main street um maybe it is main street north maze and whatever anyway we were we we played a gig there and then i went we went inside this bar and we're like let's have some whiskey and so, so they what? Give me a good whiskey. And so they they gave us a couple of shots, and it was like some kind of whistle pig thing that was like fifty bucks a shot. Oh my god! What <laughs> assholes! We didn't even know. Oh, you said they were racked up a three hundred dollar bill. It's like, like we we spent all of our money on the on the shots of whiskey. Yeah, man, that's rough. So, what we are we are approaching about the hour mark. So, I, one last thing I want to bullshit with you about is how do you feel about so you've never done any psychedelics, so it's an interesting conversation for you to have um, because you've never seen the thing, and so uh, it's most of the people who I have this conversation with have seen at least some some version of the psychedelic truth. Um, how do you feel about like the stone date theory? You familiar with this? About the what? Stone date theory? No. Something that Terence McKenna put out a long time ago, basically saying that like uh, consuming naturally occurring uh, psychedelic. Uh, foliage and plants and mushrooms and shit back mm-hmm. in the day was part of what caused the emergence of higher level consciousness in humans. Okay. How do you feel about that? Do you think that that's it's it, possible? Any So in, in the spectrum of possible as compared to the things that most people accept, where do you feel like it ranks? I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, I, I generally... Uh, I'm going to get a fucking answer out of you, bro. I know I, I took I mean, logic I too. Know. I know how to I, ask I, questions, I, I, bro. Like, where does this... What's What's the... What's the reason for thinking that that's what it what it was? Well, again, because like what if, you if, said, if, what if, you said told me is like a thing that somebody thinks is true, right? So like, why do they think that's true? Is there some sort of, uh, you know, archaeological anthropological evidence where they have found bones next to these sort of like plants and like, uh, like what? what well, so the, well, well, so there's definitely there's definitely at least. So if you've if you've ever taken psychedelics, you'll you'll know that uh, it's like really like revelatory. Like there's like you're you're right. you get you take these drugs and get smarter. Okay. Like that might be hard for you to wrap your head around, but like I'm telling you, like you take fucking ten ten hits of LSD. I mean, life like, itself is revelatory. You, yeah, you yeah. can have dreams and wake up and feel Absolutely. like you know how things are much clearer than you were when you went to bed. Yeah, things yeah. can happen to you every day. And you experience something, and then that has changed your life. And so, so the, the the point is that I don't doubt that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I appreciate that. But the point is that like you, there are like distinct like patterns and things that you can see that are like 
clearly higher level consciousness occurrences that like mm -hmm. there'd be no reason for a, ja a jaguar to be thinking about the way helixes work you know what i'm saying right uh and so whenever you're a monkey who's got time in a cave to do that you know what i'm saying like they've gone and like looked at a all the different cave paintings across the world and mm -hmm. like the types of like they're obviously like the deer and the stuff and there's also like patterns mm -hmm. and they've been able to relate the types of patterns that you see created in the cave art uh relating to the type of patterns that you see whenever you consume the psychedelic drugs that grow um, naturally okay. in those areas okay um and then also it's my personal belief that uh that the emergence of of theology is is a psychedelic thing that mm -hmm. happened um my my guess my thought just would be that they probably happened simultaneously because of what you said like you're like you've made a comment about if you're an ape in a cave with time on your hands <laughs> like art and all these higher level things have to have some sort of you have to feel safe enough where you're not worrying about the fucking leopard coming around the corner to eat you or whatever. Or um, what if you... Or, or what you're going to eat the next... Or, or what if you were a fucking ape amongst a group of apes that threw rocks at things to kill them. Mm -hmm. And you took a low dose of, of psilocybin mushrooms and your visual acuity was increased. And you're, Maybe. And, and you're... And you're... Because this, this happens. And, right. uh, and your sex drive is increased. And all of a sudden, the, the gorilla who's, and the, the ape who's eating the mushrooms is the best at throwing the rocks yeah. and is the horniest out of everybody. Yeah. You feel me? I mean, so, somebody was the first one to freaking discover like that coffee had caffeine in it and it helped, helped them feel good, like helped them feel focused and alert. One of my, you know, like, one of my favorite happens. things, one of my favorite things like that is that they say that the first tea leaves came from when the Buddha got tired of falling asleep during meditation. He cut his eyelids off, and they fell into the ground. When they hit the ground, they sprouted into tea. They sprouted oh into tea God. plants. Yeah, and so he was. He, they would consume tea so that they could, uh, they could stay awake longer during meditative states. I don't know about that one. I don't know, I don't know about that one. That, that seems a little far-fetched. But at any rate, guys, everybody, thank you so so much for tuning in. This is another edition of the Ones Who Woke Up. This is Joshua again. Jason, where can these people find you online if they want to go be fans of Jason? How do they do it? I mean, I got music all over the place. You know, uh, any, any streaming service that you listen to, you can find my, my music. Jason Harrell. Jason Harrell, look him up on your yeah. favorite music streaming service. He'll be there. Guys, thanks everybody for tuning in. You guys are kings. We'll catch you on the next one.